Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, October 5th, 2012, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely, fully healthy now, Maya Strang. Hello, everybody. To her left, with the wind-blown hair, <laughs> Calvin Kierley. So Hola, buenos dias y que pasa. Did you, <laughs> did you drive here with your head out the window? Yeah. <laughs> Don't take a picture of me. It's a hat hair. There's nothing in it. <laughs> It's so funny. It's amazing. You know what you look like? It's like a, headband. a 1960s his, evangelist. His are a headband. You look a like a 1960s evangelist. Is it, would it be fair to say it's feathered? No, no, no. no. I've no, said it's, it to you just It right is now. pulled back tight. Like it's high ga- and tight. Like an evangelist. On. Like an evangelist. Um, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, that's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. My hair is extremely tight today as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like Thank you close. for noticing. Your hair is close. I did stick my head out the window as I drove to work. <laughs> you rode a Vespa. A Vespa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the world is your window. <laughs> uh, we have a great podcast uh, for you today. As always. No, we actually do this time. We say that a lot, though. No, Do but we, we just keep getting better. No or? offense to John Acuff, but this week's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, but we really, you know, raised the bar this episode. No offense, to any previous guest. Last week's last week's podcast, John Acuff sat in for a couple segments, and and the listeners seemed to, you know, maybe enjoy it. They yeah, we got a lot of positive, feedback. a lot of positive feedback yeah. to the point of people are like saying, "Hey, maybe he should, maybe he should join permanently." Or, or regularly, or as the one guy said, maybe take your spot permanently. Yeah, I know. Right. He's been he's, he's been banned. blocked. I, I banned yeah. his IP. His IP is blocked. I would believe you. I would totally believe We've you. planted a lot of viruses on his machine. <laughs> <laughs> he he can no longer like check his Gmail account. It is all spammed up from Nigerian princes offering him money for his signature. <laughs> so Enjoy the spam. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever signed anybody up for newsletters out of sp- out of spite? No, Cat fancy. that is a yeah. whole. That's a whole weird level. I've done that. I, do you ever? Do you ever? Instead of like giving someone a birthday present, just in the card, write in there, "Hey, I signed you up for a bunch of online newsletters. Happy birthday." <laughs> there are things you'll find interesting. I think it'd be yeah. fun to put somebody's uh, like get somebody signed up on Match.com. But don't you have to verify the email? I think you have to verify. You could probably it. hack. Well, we could do that to anyone in here because we can hack in anyone's email. <laughs> That's true. We could sign up our whole staff for Match.com. For Match.com. If you would just like to be paired with any of the members of the relevant staff, uh, <laughs> just check out their new profile section at Match.com. <laughs> we'll link to it on the on the <laughs> on staff, their staff page. page. Yeah. Man, I've been matched with so many other train fans. It's crazy. <laughs> their algorithm is so good. <laughs> How do they do it? Have you seen the Match uh, campaign now, the Match.com campaign for all the in-person Match.com live, 
where yeah. they, they but pair like you. Meat, like you, like you little uh, it's like meat dinner markets. parties and things yeah, yeah, and bars. Yeah, meat markets, and you go bowling, and you go to a bar. Meat Isn't that the whole point of going to Match.com, is that so you're not good at those stuff. situations? Yeah, you can avoid mm-hmm. these awkward, yeah. you know, actual social interactions. I thought that's why you do it. I mean, because if you want to go to a bar with a whole bunch of single people, it's called, on a Friday night, go to a bar. Are they are they pre-filtered then? Like yeah, on, yeah. Only your type yes. is going to be there? Correct. Well, that's well, well, that kind of helps. Yeah. But you're all the same one. So, you're so, all so, vying, so like everyone you're all there will for... like Battlestar Galactica then. Or Train. Right. Or Train. Or Papa Roach. So yeah, you're all kind of like... what. And then the other thing is, is, how bad do you feel about yourself if at that thing where the entire room was people who were supposed to like you, if nobody liked yeah. you, oh, and you go home after that? To me, that would be like the most devastating thing. Yeah. yeah you're totally done. Well. Yeah, yeah, you're done at that point. We never hear from you. that person again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have a great podcast for you today. Actor Dermot Melroney is uh, talking to us today. He's a famous actor. Um, he seems like a very cool guy. Yeah, especially after seeing him on New Girl this last year. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so so Maya's looking at me trying to remember. Like, I know the name. Uh, he was in My Best Friend's Wedding. He was the, mm-hmm. the catch. He's been oh, in yeah, yeah, About yeah, yeah. Schmidt, Where the Money Is, The Wedding Date, Jay Edgar. Right, and he uh, was in New Girl as her boyfriend. In, and, and going way back, he was Jennifer Aniston's boyfriend he was the in boyfriend Friends. Wow. That's right. Yeah. Friends? And, he yeah, was? I don't he, remember that John one. Favreau? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dermot no, Mulroney, otherwise known as yeah, John, John Favreau. Favreau. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't leave out with that information. Yeah. <laughs> I, his alias. You, you might have seen John him Favreau. in. Might have seen him in Swingers. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> directed Elf. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah, like in a he is in a cool mm-hmm. way. Yeah. For, rugged. For, he's yeah, he's rugged. He's a good-looking. He's older, rugged. Older man. I've only seen him in like suits. He's like in his forties. He could pull off rugged if he was in nature. I feel. He was in the movie The Gray with Liam Neeson. He was. Yeah. He was. And he was pretty rugged. Yeah. I wonder what he would look like if he rode to work with his head stuck out the window. <laughs> not as good as this. <laughs> <laughs> he may be rugged, but not that rugged. <laughs> also coming up after that, it's a double It's a double header. After that, we actually uh, talked to one of our favorite indie Christian bands, Future Forestry. Future Forestry is coming up. We do like that. Oh, cool. Yeah, very cool. But at first, your entertainment releases. Uh, music coming out on Tuesday, October 9th. Papa Roach with... No, I'm kidding. There's no Papa Roach. Yeah. I was hoping they were releasing oh, another album. album. I was actually yeah. kidding. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, I heard they have an album coming out every week this year. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is the year of Papa Roach. <laughs> last year, Papa Roach had an album uh, come out for listeners who didn't know that. Uh, the Wallflowers uh, are coming out for real, actually, with Glad All Over. Glad All Over. Hmm. I'm not sure I'd want to be glad. I don't know what that means. Tame (laughs) Tame Impala is coming out with the album Lonerism, otherwise known as the Match.com Mingle theme. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, inspired by Match.com. Yeah, it's the official soundtrack of the Match.com gatherings. Lonerism. I like it. By Tame Impala. Uh, Bad Books is coming out with two or I.I. I don't know which one. Or lowercase, lowercase, L.L. Right, Lo- yeah, you're right. Bad. Uh, bad books coming out with, yeah, bad books is coming out. With, uh, freelance whales, uh, not good enough at the craft to be full time employed, or uh, they just like to make their own schedule. Yeah, it yeah. could be. <laughs> They're very non committal. Freelance whales is coming out with uh, Deluvia, and uh, our pick of the week, Ellie Golding, with Halcyon.
Movies coming out on Friday, October 12th. Sinister, starring Ethan Hawke and James Ransom. Looks very scary. Looks, it looks terrifying. Lo- it looks sinister. Yeah. Uh, Argo, starring Ben Affleck, John Goodman. That looks good. This one does look good. It does look good. I gotta say, though, I'm not sure I could see it and deal with Ben Affleck's hair. Not that I should be <laughs> one <laughs> to talk. Now you know how Just, we feel. Right. We know, now you know how we feel here in this Pretty room. Pretty sure That's I can make it because I'm still That's here That's fair. Right but the whole, the whole thing he's got going on, he looks like the jerk in the first Die Hard movie. I don't know if you uh, remember this guy. He had a beard. It was very 80s guy. Windblown, brown hair, and he was kind of the jerk in the office in the Die Hard movie. He looks like well, that. Well, I think I think this is supposed to take place in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, sure. But well, here's my one problem with Argo. Based on a recently declassified true story, apparently, okay? Mm-hmm. He's a guy who goes in behind enemy lines and, and, and rescues hostages and brings them out. There's this moment in the trailer where he says to somebody, Ben Affleck, he goes... This is what I do, and I've never left anyone behind. I'm like, you're 33 years old in this movie. How many hostage situations have you had to never leave anyone behind? That but other but time, to be fair, I mean, if he's only had like two and he hasn't left anyone behind, he's right. I know. That's what I'm saying. But it's like, <laughs> it doesn't exactly evoke confidence when you're so young looking. Yeah, he's acting like he's, he's standing on principle when really he's just gotten lucky twice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we found him. <laughs> Matt, thanks, Batch.com. Here, come hide in my beard. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just like, okay, if the guy was like 65 or is like, or is like Sean Connery or something, and I've never. Liam Neeson or something. Yeah, yeah. like it's almost I like all the. It, yeah. yeah, Liam Neeson. If he was like, and I've never left anyone behind, I was like, okay, I believe you. Yeah. Ben Affleck, ah, you look new to this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. It is my goal to never leave anyone behind, and you're making me upset. <laughs> uh, here comes the boom with uh, Kevin James. Jerry Winkler, someone yes. <laughs> and a great the Kevin sa- James flick and a great soundtrack. It's just the POD song, the POD song. like five different versions. <laughs> Remi- like the live, like three remixes. Remix by Papa Roach. Yeah, acoustic and Train by Train, the yeah, acoustic version. Um, also coming out last uh, and definitely least, Seven Psychopaths, starring Colin Farrell, Christopher Walken. Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell. Okay, maybe it's not. It's a documentary. (laughs) Seven Psychopaths. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Up next, Slices. This relevant podcast is brought to you by Hope International and the Uncharity Campaign. See why the poor are worth more than your charity, then invest in dignity at uncharity.org. You're listening to Dragonette. The song is Run, 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 which if you encounter a dragonette, you might want to do. Well, I mean, is I don't Dragonette know if, a female dragon? Yeah, yes. I don't. I wouldn't be as afraid. As, but but a, it's still a dragon. I don't think in the heat of the moment I would be able to tell if I'm looking at a dragon or a dragonette. 
I'd be running. Hey, could you turn <laughs> over real quick? I need to check something. Well, I think it's more than just a uh, a sex thing, uh, a gender thing, rather. It's it's how how they how the dragon dresses. Dragon dragonettes are purple. Well, maybe she, she's probably wearing like yeah. a '30s like night, you know, grease lightning yeah. jacket on. With like dragonettes on the back of it or something. That's how you tell. Maybe the name of the album would tell us something too. The uh, album is called Body Parts. Oh, well. Dragonette Body Parts. That's how you tell. They're trying to tell us. That's how you tell. (laughs) All right. Well, we have Dragonette Body Parts. I didn't have all the information. (laughs) (laughs) At the beginning of the podcast, (laughs) at the beginning of the podcast, you heard uh, Cookbook with the song Get That. From the album Smell of Success, cookbook from uh, the LA Symphony crew, good friend, making good music, solo album, good stuff. KSI for Slices, what do you have, Jesse? Well, uh, some of our more uh, astute listeners or those who follow the news uh, may be aware that uh, Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad was recently uh, in New York. Uh, at a meeting of, uh, of the United Nations. And during that time, The Onion, the satirical newspaper, which is always hilarious, uh, ran this. They said, a poll found that 77% of rural Caucasian voters would, would much, in quotes, much rather go to a baseball game or have a beer with Ahmadinejad, a man who has repeatedly denied the Holocaust and has numerous uh, political prisoners executed than spend time with Obama. Now, obviously, what? that's satire. Wow. Uh, you know, obviously a satirical poll by The Onion. Right. Um, but somewhere the satire was lost in translation with the official uh, government news uh, of Iran, FARS, who uh, perpetuated the story in their newspaper saying that 77% of Americans would rather vote for Ahmadinejad than Obama. <laughs> Uh, in in response to it, the Onion editor said that uh, our Middle Eastern bureau since the mid-1980s, when the Onion publisher T. Herman Zebel founded FARS with the government approval of the supreme leader Ayatollah Khomeini. So he – he played along with it. It took Iran, the Iranian newspaper, a little while to figure out that that joke was uh, that that poll was a joke, making fun of Ahmadinejad. And uh, just this week, they ran a redaction of it. Um, but the, the, you know, they're, of course, they're not the first to be fooled by an Onion headline. But how could they honestly think that that was that 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 was actually <laughs> a, a poll taken on the American public? Because they don't. I, I don't think irony is legal. Yeah, Iran. Not not only uh, you know is is a very strict with laws you know against blasphemy and women, but also iron irony and satire. Right. Well, it's 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 outlawed because it sounds too much like Irani, which is how they describe each other. <laughs> yeah. You're looking really Irani today. Oh, thanks, man. Just new shirt. <laughs> new shirt. So so is I like ironic fashion? Is that illegal in Iran too? Like if you were to wear a mustache, is that legal or do just people not think it's ironic? Oh, no, I think it's a law that you have to have a mustache. <laughs> we better check their newspaper to find out. Probably what the onion lives for, like for people to actually oh, yeah. take oh, That's got to be a goal. Like, well, it happens all the time. Actually, I was on NPR and heard them talking about this very thing, how onion headlines have been picked up in like China and other places where they report them as fact. Because they don't understand, or because nothing like the onion exists anywhere yeah. outside of the U.S., you know. So, <laughs> what do you have, Maya? Well, I'd like to thank you for giving me a slice because I just can't find slices. I, no, no, I didn't get. It. I got it off Twitter. Somebody tweeted oh, a, the tweeted relevant podcast. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. 
Um, well, this is awesome. Uh, Danny Bonaducci. Uh, Bonaducci. <laughs> is that it? Yes, Danny uh, Bonaducci. Danny Bonaducci. For, former child star of the Partridge Family. The Partridge right? Family. You know, he's and now radio shock jock and uh, celebrity um, boxer and and a frequent appear on uh, celebrity rehab. rehab yeah, yeah. Like Mul- multi season star, multi season like star of celebrity rehab. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing well if you can be on that multiple times. Um, surprisingly, he's only 53 years old. He looks like he's 70. But anyways, he just was, that the slice. That's the slice, and mm. it's a visual slice. Thanks, <laughs> it's a everyone. Visual slice. <laughs> so. You know how I'm uncomfortable with people being all gushy over fans. Sure. Over famous people and whatnot. No, actually, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Wait, hold on. Are you talking about me and NBA players? (laughs) Maybe. So first... You're talking about like approaching someone famous in the mall for like a handshake. That makes you uncomfortable. So so FYI, Maya. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I'm at a fancy restaurant for dinner with a client or lunch Mm -hmm. with a client. I know. And I look over the... And and I see Stan Van Gundy having lunch with JJ Redick. And I'm like, this is awesome. So I'm with a client. Was Stan wearing a blazer with the sleeves rolled up? (laughs) No, Stan had on a black jacket and a black uh, mock, just like he was at a game. Yeah, and and JJ was. He sleeps in that. And so they're, you know, they're over there eating. JJ's wearing his uniform. (laughs) (laughs) They're over there eating lunch, and I'm going, man, to be a fly on the wall. Like, what are they talking about? You know, and um, and and so anyway, with a client, I'm with a client that Uh I just met and somebody else, and I'm holding up. I'm like, I got to get pictures of this. I'm like taking pictures. I'm like, excuse me. I, I, I'm really so sorry. Amazing. Just give me a second. And so I'm like taking all these covert <laughs> spy pictures, right? Because I'm like, oh, I a- thought when you were saying, excuse me, I got to do this. You're talking to Stan or JJ. No. <laughs> you're actually like covertly acting like you're text messaging, looking for a signal, pointing your phone, taking pictures. No, I told him I was taking pictures. But but the thing, the, the, if I wasn't with a client, I would have gone over there and talked to them. I would have because because. J.J. Reddick and I have a connection through Carl Lentz, pastor of Hillsong, New York. Okay, so I could have okay. used that as an in. And then been like, oh, uh, Coach, oh, Coach Van Gundy, nice to meet you. I'm a big fan. And who, um, is it, who's this, J.J.? Is this your father? I don't follow basketball. I'm, I'm talking to you because of our church connection. Is <laughs> <laughs> that next to you before? This is a fellowship thing. Are you that guy from Men's Warehouse? So <laughs> It's a sharp jacket. Yeah, so... So anyway, I, I had I had to take probably twenty or so pictures before I got a couple usable ones. Okay, so, so I don't you know whatever I don't care I don't care. You got to do panoramic on the iPhone five <laughs> like getting Stan and JJ from all the way across the restaurant. <laughs> so well, there was a guy standing at a bar in between us, and he kept moving his arm and kind of mm. blocking Stan. And then so I have all these shots of Stan like doing like he talks with his hands, mm-hmm. you know. So I have all these like outrageous hand motions of Stan. It's really funny. Anyway, last week the point of my story is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if you were there, you wouldn't let me take pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd been embarrassed. You sent me a picture, and I thought, oh, oh no. I, you sent, were I also sent a picture to Carl Lentz, by the way. <laughs> um, but um, now he knows what a nerd you are. Yeah, he does. No, and I totally owned it. But anyway, so had had you been with me, and you not let a fan, you know, be in awe of a celebrity, uh-huh. there have been no photo evidence of that lunch taking place last week. J.J. Reddick appeared on a local sports radio show mm-hmm. and apparently uh, told the tale of him having lunch with Stan Van Gundy to the point that the host of the radio show, who I follow, sports anchor locally, tweeted about it. So I tweeted him and I go, oh, yeah, this happened. I was there oh, and sent no. him the picture. Oh, no. Who then retweets it. Oh, no. 
And all the magic bloggers in all the world thought this was the most epic photo ever of Stan and JJ having a personal lunch because I How added. How did you never I, tell me that? I added the this anecdote to the end of the tweet. Stan Van Gundy got the check. And everybody's like, this became the thing because Stan Van Gundy's unemployed, you know? So, like, why did JJ let Stan get the check? So, like, so basically, you're a sports gossip blogger. That's exactly yeah. what's happened. That's exactly what's the happened. Perez you're the Perez, Perez Hill Hill of, magic. Of, yeah, of the magic. Yeah. So, all the magic bloggers, and now I'm followed by all these local news anchors because apparently I'm, like, a source, you know? So, now you're, like, like scouring, yeah, yeah. like, just on the street. Hey, is that anything? Uh, no, no. no. So you're hiding yeah. in the bushes outside it's, their homes, hey, it's like, like, like telephoto lenses. It's like when we were in the Starbucks and I covertly got the picture of Lee Corso with his box of meat. That's true. Because it, it just is something you want to capture the moment, One Maya. scoop after another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should tweet that to the local sports anchors. Yeah. Hey, here's Lee Corso with yeah. a box of meat. This By the way, Stan happened. got the check. <laughs> By the way, Stan <laughs> bought it for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he yeah. does now. So anyway, so I'm just glad you weren't there. And, and all the magic bloggers in all the land, thank you that you weren't at my lunch and that I was free to stalk a celebrity. So I'm really glad you told that story as I was beginning my slice because, you know. By the way, that might be the best interrupt that in my probably ever. Probably might be the best interrupt ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done now. You can go ahead with oh, your slice. Oh, are you done? Yeah. Cool. So, okay, so uh, Danny Bonaducci from the Partridge family was at a meet and greet in Vegas, and there was a lady there that was just, just, you know, gaga, gaga over him, all over him, like Cameron a would f- be a fanatical with Stan. Uh, uh, if if he you know had been there with okay, clients. I know where this slice is going, and no, it's not like if I met Stan Van Gundy, <laughs> FYI. Yeah, uh huh. You know, you see fans will handshake, do autographs, give a little hug. He looks like kind of like a guy that he looks he, huggable. I feel like Danny Bonaduce should <laughs> open up a sushi restaurant called Danny Bonasushi. He should actually Bonaduce sushi. Bonaduce sushi. Bonaduce yeah. sushi. Bonasushi. That's the best you got after was, all this. Uh, you wrote something really down. I, well, I was just thinking out loud. I really. Should. <laughs> he tried. Write, he crossed them write out. things down first. You just blue sky. <laughs> just blue sky. Just a goof. <laughs> Never mind, just re- remove that. I like that one, actually. Um, so anyways, this lady came Would you eat at Bonasushi's? <laughs> it's a little... Gri- they had... Uh, I would think the whole restaurant would be a little greasy. How would Sean Connery <laughs> say Bonasushi? Uh, Sean Connery? Yeah, he's always saying his S's with an S-H. So when he says S-H words... You do Is it, it like a bigger, like, Bonasushi? Bona- <laughs> 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 Give me the California roll and make it a bonadushi. Bonadushi, shushi. Bonadushi, Give it a shushi. I don't think Sean Connery eats anything but steak, though. Steak, shushi. And when he's telling people to be quiet, how does that work? <laughs> Never mind. He goes like this. <laughs> yeah, he does the opposite. He gets yeah. a hard ass. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even gotten to the best part of the slice. No. <laughs> the best part of the slice. Meet and greet, Las Vegas, Uber fans, Bonaducci, go. go. Went in. She asked if she could give him a kiss. And he said, yeah, sure. And she started to gnaw on his cheek. Wait, wait, wait what? Gnaw on it. Gnaw. Like a gum at it? Chew on or it. Or with her teeth involved? Here's what, here's, here's Mr. Mr. Danny, Danny's, uh, Bonaducci's. Bonaducci. Bonaducci. Uh, this is what he says. He says, they were like tiny Chucky teeth. Man, they just gnawed like piranhas. It was really close to close to um, his ear, and it says people were trying to pull her off of me, and I was screaming like a baby. 
So he, she I, was I biting would, him. I so she went in for she, yeah. She went in for a kiss, and he, she just sort of biting him. She just for yeah. She just started biting him. So Cameron, you tell me this isn't how your Stan Van Gundy story ended. <laughs> 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 so it was so painful um it was yeah he just says painful he ended up going and getting an about to be to be safe he's not going to press charges he he thought maybe the lady was under the influence of bath salts mm. which contain um, so that's why he was screaming because he she was gonna zombie eat his face basically like what happened down in miami is what he was referencing wow yeah. I heard that when he, uh, after he went to the ER, that Stan and Gundy picked up the check. <laughs> it's nice <laughs> the ER. It's very generous yeah, for, the un- to, for the unemployed. He's around. Yeah. yeah. I just think, so he got his face, nip, you know, gnawed on by a possible flesh eating zombie. <laughs> yeah. And he's not going to press charges. He's like, yeah, hey, whatever. It's just a, that's just another day in the life, you know? He, just another why day. press charges? Right. That's just a day in the life of Danny. And he's probably Bonaduce. grateful for the PR who, push. Who is. Danny Bonaducci's Uber fan. You know what I'm saying? Cause well, like, he still does the music and stuff. Well, no. I think no? there are people who just, just out there that freak out w- when there's like any famous person. No, no, you know? okay, we're like freaking Cameron? out and, and, and okay, I freak out very specific people. And number but, one... But you've never bit somebody in the face. Right. I, I wasn't freaking out about seeing J.J. Reddick. I was... I was more enamored with seeing Stan Van Gundy, yeah. number let me, one. Let me ask you this. What's the closest you've ever come to biting a celebrity's face? <laughs> <laughs> Question of the I mean, you interview celebrities closer right than you think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously. How close, how many have you bit in the face? And to how many <laughs> have you wanted to bite right in the face? Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the, the woman who's so passionate about him, he hasn't done anything that would create a fan since he was nine years old. The stuff he does now is like shock jock, you know, and, and appearances and stuff like that. So has this lady been passionately in love with him for the last 45 years? Yeah, she's been planning it in her head. Man, if I ever meet Danny and she's, I'm just going to... What will I do? I know. Heck out of Bite him, him in the face. When she sees the 53-year-old man, does she project onto him her love of the nine-year-old boy, and that's why she wants to kiss him and hug him and, you know what I mean? Chew on him. And chew on him and just eating him up because he's so sugary. Maybe you know, she like, thought he would I, taste I, like the Partridge family cereal. Oh, or like yeah. Partridge. Yeah. I, I think we're spending far too much time psychoanalyzing someone who bites another human being in the face. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what I mean? Like, I think there just aren't answers to this one. Wow. I, I disagree. I think this is the podcast now. We, we psychoanalyze weird uh, crimes, yeah, or, or just this lady? Oh, just oh, her. Just this, yeah. lady. Okay. just this individual, hoping she strikes again, or else we're gonna have the same conversation every week from yeah. here on out. Okay, what do you have, Calvin? Well, in today's Costa Rica news, <laughs> um, San Jose, Costa Rica, unveiled plans on Thursday to install its first street signs. Its first street signs. So residents will not have to cite local landmarks like fast food chains or gas stations when driving around or giving directions. So municipal municipal workers uh, will install over 20,000 signs, plaques on street corners in the city, which is home to 1.5 million people, where the uh, current informal system is tolerated by residents. Question. Yes. How do they get mail? Well, you'll see. <laughs> but it's tolerated by residents, creates headaches for visitors, and headaches for the post office well well r- real quick i just want to uh, interject people that haven't been to san jose costa rica this sounds like it'd be really difficult for for us in our you know american mindset but to be fair most people there travel only by rainforest zip line so right. it's really right. not that bad right so said san jose mayor johnny araya 
My current home address is 200 meters north of the Pizza Hut, then 400 meters west. No. Yes. But in a few months, I will be able to give a proper street name and number. <laughs> Other popular landmarks residents use to describe uh, how to get somewhere include when, McDonald's. When you go to the Pizza Hut website yes, and you want a home delivery, uh-huh. you have to put in your address and zip code so it can- In have, relation to the Pizza Hut. Correct. Right. So in San Jose, Costa Rica, when they want a pizza delivered, I'm curious what their website is. You more dictate to them, you know, 400 meters south of your location, turn right, say hello to the dog, then turn left. That's really interesting. Yeah. So once the signage is all up and done, uh, Mayor Araya intends to undertake a campaign to encourage use of the new system, which is expected to encounter some resistance. I love this quote. (laughs) Um, I don't think it's going to work, said 29-year-old taxi driver Manuel Perez. If a tourist tells me to take him to a hotel in whatever street, I'm going to say, you're speaking to me in Chinese because I don't know where that is. I need a landmark. Yeah. How far is your hotel from the Pizza Hut? That's the last time I'm going to ask. <laughs> so anyway, this, this, this whole thing got me thinking and leads me to um, a new commentary segment for my slice that I'm calling, I mean, why bother San Jose? Uh-huh. So San Jose, Costa Rica, your city was founded in 1738. That means for the past 274 years, you've been using the same method of directions that every American still uses today. I mean, why, why would you want to change it now? I mean, why bother San Jose? G- guys at the podcast crew here, I'm talking to you right now. How many times... How many times... Well, I, thought ha- were, I thought you were directly addressing San Jose. Well, now I'm back to, the, the, to you guys. So how many times have you given someone directions and told them, yeah, it's at 323 Pine Street. And then they go, okay, well, how far is that from the Dunkin' Donuts? I mean, why bother, San Jose? Look, for me, when I am driving down the interstate or the highway or something, do you know how many billboards I'm going to see that give me the exact address? Zero. None. They all say something like, two exits from here, go right seven yards after Bob's go for farm, 30 feet from the Cracker Barrel. I mean, why bother, San Jose? Look, San Jose, Costa Rica, Sure. Making things easier for tourists and easier on your post office sounds all fine and nice, but why change the system that people are just going people are just going to keep using anyway? I mean, why bother San Jose? By the way, I found this story online. Three clicks from msnbc.com. Scroll down seven headlines. Look to the right of the amazon.com ad, and you're there. I mean, why bother San Jose? <laughs> you raised some very valid points. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of research. So I got I got fired up about it, and I'm sorry if I you're, offended anyone. So you're basically with the locals. I, I am. Okay, just so people understand, San Jose, Costa Rica You've been Googling? Has, Googling? is a major metropolitan area with a beltway, city grid, 365,000 residents, 39 Pizza Huts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I counted them on the location map. 39 Pizza Huts. Then that's not a good landmark for directions. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mayor, where do you live? I'm 200 meters past the pizza. Well, hut. that's why, because he doesn't want people coming to his house. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. How, how, does a, how does a metropolitan area of 365,000 people function without any road names? Yeah. Uh, who knows? I, I like it, though. It sounds appealing to me. But I mean, if you were going to say this is like a village or a third world country or something like that, I could kind of understand. Yeah, I believe it's the capital city of Costa Rica. Yeah, I mean, it's a major metropolitan area. I can only want to count how many McDonald's there are. I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you, how do you, it's, I don't even understand how this works. It's so, so good for them. So I say, I say, I say good for them joining the rest of the world. And with house numbers. With, with numbers and, <laughs> and names. street names. Yes. Yeah. 
Good for them. I'm with you, San Jose. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Down the street signs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, start a new Tumblr. <laughs> hey, it's just pictures of Calvin defacing and tearing down street signs around his neighborhood. Around his neighborhood. And then it's, and the rest of it's just pictures of pizza huts. All right, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, the ruggedly handsome Dermot Mulroney. You're listening to the Avet Brothers. The song is I Never Knew You from their new album, The Carpenter. Dermot Mulroney is an actor who's appeared in more than 50 movies and TV shows. Uh, we mentioned a lot of his filmography already, uh, including Jay Edgar and The Grey and My Best Friend's Wedding. Uh, recently, uh, he was on the hit TV show New Girl, opposite Zoe Deschanel as her love interest. In his new film, Trade of Innocence, Mulroney plays Alex Becker, who, along with his wife, Claire, played by Mira Sorvino, grieved the loss of their young daughter while working to infiltrate the sex slave trade of Southeast Asia and free its young victims. The film releases to select theaters this weekend, October 5th, and obviously this topic, um, trafficking, has been in the news quite a bit lately uh, with the president's remarks and, and a lot of other stuff. Our very own Heather Croto recently spoke to him. Here is Dermot Mulroney. Our goal is to shut down every brothel in the city that exploits children in the sex trade. Supply and demand. We cut off the supply and we prosecute those who demand. Well, can you start off just by kind of telling me a little bit about Trade of Innocence? Well, Trade of Innocence came to me very quickly uh, and they were moving forward, which... um, I, I didn't know anything about this movie until the script landed on my desk and and to be honest with you I didn't know nearly enough about the issue of human trafficking either so just reading the script caused me to look into that and it kind of blew my mind so I was uh, ready to make a commitment right away you I mean you just came from starring a new girl opposite Zoe Deschanel who's basically the the queen of twee um you have this legacy of romantic comedies and i mean back in the day you were a love interest for rachel on friends so what was it that really drew you to doing this movie well i've always tried to do uh, a lot of different types of projects and so this certainly uh, satisfied that for me Uh, i'd never worked in a a foreign locale really on europe once briefly but i'd never been to asia so i knew it would be an experience um, unlike any i'd had and I've had a lot of good ones because I've been lucky and worked in, in, uh, with great people in, on, on great projects, some of, some of which you've mentioned. Captain, these are pictures of the temples at Angkor Wat, correct? My wife and I took these photos when we first visited your country. These temples are the pride of the Campuchian people. In fact, the image is on your money, right? What's the name of this tree again? Damkor Tree. Right, Domkor tree, interesting. The same tree you're supposed to plant in your yard as a symbol of silence. Do you find it ironic 
that the roots of this tree of silence are slowly consuming the Angkor Wat temples. Keeping mute about the children victimized by the sex trade will also, eventually, consume your culture and your people. So tell me a little bit about your character, Alex, in the movie. Well, Alex um, has, is coming from a broken family. You'll learn in the course of the film that his daughter was abducted and thereby you recognize what's driving him so passionately to protect children in, um, I guess, the, maybe the country is undisclosed in the film. But um, the character I play is an investigator that goes, actually goes into uh, underage prostitution houses and um, tries to get these girls out and make a difference. Um, and so it's, it's really a strangely distur- it's a disturbing movie, of course, because of its subject matter. But it, uh, to me, it also plays as a you know, narrative thriller movie. So I think it's a rare combination um, and says a lot for what we were able to accomplish with Trade of Innocence. Alex, we're going to fix on him. Cargo truck? Load of girls in the back. Claire, I don't want you to take any chances. Is there a way out other than the way he's coming in? I can't wait. I'm going in. That's Claire. Do it. Shut So when you're portraying a doctor, a beat cop, or a lawyer, you know, whatever your character is, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's fairly easy to kind of go about researching the role and get a good idea of who your character is. But Alex is really a different you know, kind of a different breed of, of character. Um, so how did you go about researching to, to figure out how to play him? I did meet uh, in an intensive session with someone who actually does this. And he was um, obviously a very unique person. And um, I was shown footage from a camera, just like I wear in the film, where it's on the pen of this man whose name really I'm not at liberty to give you the what group he's associated with so um, he went in with the camera like that and came out with footage of himself pretending to proposition an underage prostitute Um, so I was privileged you know I I was able to see footage that isn't no one else has seen Um, and it's uh, really shocking to see what they're able to accomplish once they put together uh, well-organized programs to extract these people. It's it's um, phenomenal. Did you kind of have to place yourself in a, a different type of mindset in order to play the role and, um, you know, film the scenes that are, I mean, there are some really intense and really uncomfortable scenes to watch in the movie. Yeah. And so I'm sure that, you know, if they're that uncomfortable to watch, it has to be tenfold um, to yeah. film them. Uh, one of the people I worked with on this uh, revealed to me that as an investigator in human trafficking like this, he has to deliberately detach himself or he wouldn't be able to put himself in these situations or even witness what these people, what these children go through. So part of the role I was playing was someone who had some sort of protective shield between his own morals or even feelings and what he had to do. And so I I borrowed from that as an actor and was able to keep enough distance from how, how truly devastating it is to even contemplate some of this. Alex, I just saw that man today in, in the bike shop below our apartment. The little girl who lives there, she's in danger, isn't she? Well, this guy doesn't know it yet, but we're getting close. He's not going to get away from me. Well, that's it? We shouldn't just go after him right now? Well, that's what we're doing. Just, it's not that simple. Okay. I came here to ask you if you wanted to have lunch. Claire, 
If you see him around town or in the market, it's important that you just act normal. He's just another person. You tell me when and where you saw him, but don't go looking for him. Why? Please, promise me. Are you safe? I've been training for this my whole life. What do you hope that people take away from this film? I hope people enjoy this as a movie first, to be honest with you. I, mm -hmm. I know so many people now who work so hard on these issues, and I know that uh, anyone who sees this and takes it as a film will change their viewpoint, um, guaranteed. So it's a real effective delivery system of one of the most important messages being shouted out there right now, which is that the world's children are in danger and people are making a lot of money on it. And um, there's always more that can be done. So if people take this movie in, it will, um, it will help, and that's what I hope. That was Dermot Mulroney. Find out more about the film and see where it's playing at tradeofinnocencethemovie.com. You're listening to Divine Fits. The song is Would That Not Be Nice from their new album, I think, called Divine Fits. You can actually read the spotlight on them in the next issue of Relevant. As future of forestry, Eric Ao Young uh, creates melodic and ambient rock with a lush and rhythmically driven sound. Starting in May 2009, the band uh, released the first of three EPs that became collectively known as the Travel Series. Future Forestry's new album, Young Man Follow, extends the lyrical themes of the travel series with songs that depict spiritual journeys and homecomings. Our very own Heather Croto recently spoke to him. Here's Eric Al Young of Future Forestry. since you did a full-length album um was that was it a conscious decision was it just one of those things that just kind of happened before you knew it you know a couple years have gone by without a full length um i don't think it was a conscious decision to to wait two years um but at the same time there wasn't any rush i don't know for some reason the travel series of doing three eps those were done pretty quickly um, after each other and there was kind of a sense of Letting people marinate on those, there wasn't a huge rush, at least that I felt like, oh, I got to get music out soon. So, you know, I took my time with this one. I actually started it, you know, pretty soon after the travel series, but it took me a good, probably at least a year to kind of from beginning to end to finish the whole thing. of artists say that 
when they originally wrote songs, they didn't ever think that people were going to hear them. And they go back now and listen to them or they perform them now and realize just how raw they are. You know, it's like it's like opening up your diary. Did that did that dynamic kind of change for you in writing songs that you you know, your intention was for people to listen to them and your intention was for people to be able to sing, sing along with them and, and get them in their head? Were you more conscious about the writing process in that way? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, I think that during the, the writing process, I really struggled with those two things because on one hand, if you want to be honest, you're just kind of writing your thoughts or your subconscious thoughts even. And then on the other hand, if you're writing for the people, um, it's easy to have this sense of, well, am I going to be honest then? Because if I'm writing for the people, then what I think shouldn't really matter. Um, so I kind of had to fuse those two ideas, whereas I'm embracing universal thoughts, but at the same time, I'm being completely honest. And so I think that's why the album was a little bit harder for me to write, is because um, I had everything in mind. I had the people in mind, but I also had my vulnerability in mind. And so anytime that it was too honest, but may not have related to someone or was just something that I'm like, you know, if I say it this way, people not nobody's going to have a clue what this is about. Mm -hmm. Then I would scratch that and try to find a way of being honest, but also embracing the public out there to say, say it in a way that they would understand. And so the songs took me a lot longer than they normally did. It wasn't just kind of sit down and here's an outflow of my thoughts and now I'm done. But it was more like, hey, I'm going to sit here and really express things through these songs and through the lyrics in a way that um, I hope people really get and they hope they understand and relate to. It seems like a lot of the theme of the album is this kind of really earnest searching for God. Um, did you leave the, the writing process or did you leave finishing, you know, with the album with a sense of answers to some of those questions? Um, I don't know if I even like actually um, had the sense of yearning for God as a conscious lyrical choice. I, I suppose there's yearning, but a lot of it is yearning for connection uh, for love and like for people and so um, I definitely think that there is a sense of answers and I, I didn't want to leave this album open-ended I wanted to have kind of a sense of direction kind of the idea of young man follow is an idea of of searching for someone to follow after you know when I was younger I almost wanted to just kind of be myself and it wasn't look like I was looking for someone to follow after. I was just kind of wanting to define who I was. Um, but as I've grown older and I, I struggle through life to, to figure out certain things, I get to a certain point where I'm like, you know, I can't really do this alone. Like I kind of want to find somebody that's modeling life and happiness and goodness and generosity and all these things that I want to be. I want to see somebody living that out. And so that's kind of what the album is about. And the chorus in the song Young Man Follows says, Time has gone, old man calling, so be strong, young man follow. And so there is an answer to that saying, like we need to grab onto those people that we see 
who we want to be like and follow after them and become them. You're listening to Future of Forestry. Find out more at futureofforestry.com. Listening to the XX song is Sunset. Actually, they're a good band to listen to during sunsets. <laughs> Just kind of chill, relaxing. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last time we asked you, what was the best advice you've ever gotten? Or the worst advice? Or the most awkward advice you've ever been given? <laughs> you guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You also hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and our Facebook page. Here's some of our favorites. Well, Mark posted on our feedback page that he was recently on a trip to Mount Rushmore going through Badlands National Park, and he saw the sign that had uh, the best advice he's ever seen. The sign says, Caution, prairie dogs have plague. Keep people and pets in vehicles. That's good. I feel like if there is any animal that's infected with the plague, then that's really good advice to say in your vehicle. Particularly prairie dogs, because I think anytime you see a prairie dog, all you think of is how hilarious they are. I don't think I've ever seen Any, a prairie Anyone dog. who's watched Meerkat Manor knows that oh, fact. I do like that. You would not think they're infected with the bubonic plague. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read this one from Pottery Chick, which is, uh, oddly enough, my nickname from high school. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> Why would you believe it? That's so mean. Well, he's playing the clarinet. He's doing pottery with the girls. Okay. The most uncomfortable <laughs> advice I've ever gotten was my dad telling me not to wait too long to have kids because my eggs will dry up. I'm wow. glad it was over the phone so he couldn't see my face. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hold on. Okay. So she's 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 upper twenties. She's pushing thirty. She sees it in her sights. Mm-hmm. Dad's getting concerned. <laughs> He's getting concerned. He's a little concerned. I feel I'm so concerned. It yeah. consumes my thoughts day and night. I, I so need, much so. I need to tell her. Yeah. Yeah. I need somebody needs to tell her about the eggs drying up. <laughs> and if not me, who? <laughs> yeah, it see, it seems like an awkward conversation for a father and an adult daughter. But that's what I'm saying. Like at what point, like at his mental process, he got to the point of, yeah, I need to call her. I mean, like, <laughs> this kind of goes along. Hey, listen, it's me. Yeah, how's it going? Hey, listen, just wanted to run something by ya. <laughs> Look, you. You're know. no spring chicken, honey. Oh, oh. <laughs> Because the eggs. Oh, okay. uh, see, you could have left it alone. Yeah. Just okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> on on the podcast page, the uh, the Jason R. Um, kind of along the same lines. He said, "My dad regularly reminds my siblings and I that the that the way to make sure to get boys when when having kids is a particular method." Very awkward. Oh I'm my. thinking. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so there's absolutely no no truth to that. Like number a position one. or something. And number two, <laughs> your parents telling you that. Never. Uh, Lance Rock says uh, the worst advice that he hears a lot. Uh, it will always. It, it always has something to do with try this. It will be hilarious. 
<laughs> and I tend to agree. If someone is telling you to try something because it'll be hilarious, it, it most likely will be hilarious, but for everyone but you. J- Jesse, you've been involved in many, many would, conversations think, that have that phrase in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they all in regrettably. <laughs> but like I, I told the story of the rope swing. I, I was a freshman in college and I'm sorry, I was what? doing a rope swing? A, 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 of a rope swing. I don't, I don't like, think so. So, so I was like a freshman in college. I was doing very poorly in a, uh, an earth science class. And you could, you, you could get bonus points if you go on this like camping hiking trip like for a couple days up in the mountains. Uh, and it was really cold, but I really needed the extra points. And everyone in the class is like older than me. So we're going, we're hiking around with this, like he, he's like kind of an older professor, very serious, takes this whole camping and in and, and like geology thing very seriously. And, and we come across this like really cool looking pond and it has a rope hanging over it, right? Like a rope swing. It looks awesome. And so the the professor is beginning his like little lecture uh, on the you know one of the the sides of the pond and about you know the geological formation whatever that's inconsequential. One of the older guys is like, "Hey, try swinging across the lake on the rope swing while he's giving his lecture. It'll be hilarious, mm. right?" Mm-hmm. So of course I agree that would be hilarious. So. He kind of fetches the rope and, and the professor doesn't notice and everyone's listening to him. And in my mind, I'm going to swing right across the lake while everyone is like looking at the professor and I swing right across like yelling like it's going to be hilarious. And I, I land on the other side. That's what's happening in my mind. Okay. Uh-huh. So I get the rope and I jump and the, the tree that it's attached to was oh. evidently uh, very old. <laughs> and it and it and it and it didn't it didn't break, but it bent like significantly. So it pretty much dragged me through the water, right? And it's freezing out. So I'm dragging through the water and I don't make it to the other side. I, it drags me through to like I'm just like stuck out in the middle holding on to the rope, like soaking wet. And I have to I have to let go of the rope and swim back in the freezing water. Oh my gosh. Like no one no one's like laughing. Everyone's like, oh, is he okay? Oh no. <laughs> like that, like it's not hilarious for anyone, you know? And I get back and and you know, I'm thinking I gotta pack light because it's like I don't want to hike around. So I don't have any dry clothes. I had to wear the professor's jeans for the rest oh, of the day. No. Yeah, I, I wore old man jeans for the rest of the, the direction. And the, and the, here's the most hilarious. awkward part of that because it was pretty awkward at the time because he wasn't mad and he wasn't really concerned. He was just like, that was weird. You know what I mean? Like, so the most awkward part was like after the camping trip, I had to wash his jeans and like walk down to his classroom like after hours and be like, uh, here's your jeans. I washed them. Like, <laughs> Sorry about the whole rope swing thing. That was a bad judgment call on my part. You know, like, I'm just having this conversation with him, handing his, his jeans. That I <laughs> so I agree, Lance Rock. <laughs> if the conversation try this, it's hilarious. It might be hilarious in hindsight, but it's probably a bad idea at the time. Oh, man. That's hilarious. But in my mind, in my mind, it was going to be awesome. You know, like, dude, who's this young freshman guy just swung across the lake? That was so cool. We got to be friends with that guy. Not, oh, who's this idiot being dragged across the water ruining this interesting lecture? <laughs> and you were a freshman at the time? Yeah, I was a freshman. Before, yeah. 
Yeah. That's really funny. Wow. All right, that'll do it for last week's feedback. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right, so earlier in the podcast, Maya brought uh, an astute slice sent in <laughs> by one of our Twitter followers mm-hmm. um, about a fan biting the face of Donny, Danny Bonaducci at the opening of his new sushi restaurant there in Las Vegas. Sean Connor didn't even do anything to help. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, and it got us thinking about celebrity encounters. So we want to know any celebrity encounter stories that you have that might be funny or interesting. I don't really care that you met Kevin Max at a meet and greet after <laughs> the DC talk show in 96. That's uh, not what we're talking about. I mean, about. we care right. for the purpose of the podcast. We so want to know care. any memorable celebrity encounter stories. Um, I'm remembering, I, I've had a quite a few celebrity encounters, but one that because just walking around your neighborhood. Right. I mean, I'm kind of a big deal. I mean, they're walking around because there's no street signs because you took them all down, so they're kind of lost. Yeah, they're lost. And they <laughs> they're don't just know. biting you in the face. Yeah, like, is this Universal Studios? I have a, I have a job you know, it's on lot five. No, 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 come in for coffee. Um, <laughs> how, far, how far are we from Pizza Hut? <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise, is it? Is it Cruise? Am I saying that right? You uh, did not. No, I haven't met Tom Cruise, oh. but I have met uh, quite a few, including... Busta Rhymes and this was during uh, a time when I lived in Boston and I worked in a hotel Hmm. and a lot of celebrities and tourists and stuff would stay there at the hotel and they would stay under pseudonyms and Busta Rhymes would stay under his his room was reserved under Echo Chambers Hmm. that was his pseudonym and so there was one point where there was a big limo out front and they were there to pick him up so I had and we were calling his room and he wasn't picking up and he was like, Calvin, you got to go up there and get them. They're like, their limo's been outside for two hours. And the limo driver kept coming in the lobby. He said, hey, we need to pick him up. We need to pick him up. So I go up to the room. I knock on the door. And, uh, and they're kind of getting their stuff together to go out. So we end up in the elevator going down together. And Busta has this really, really huge security guy. And so I go. So we're in the elevator. And just to kind of break the awkwardness, because I work there, I was going to just start talking. But I... You have to call him by the pseudonym. You're not allowed to say their real name. Mr. Chambers. So you call him Mr. Chambers. So I was about to say, so Mr. Chambers, how are you? And then the, or like, Mr. Chambers, how are you enjoying your stay? Before I could get all that out after Mr. Chambers, the security guy basically stands in front of me, blocks me from doing anything, and just looks down at me in this deep voice and just says, no. Oh. No? No. And that was my experience. So I backed up, I closed my mouth, and- That was that. Wow. That was. Did he ever show up for his. Uh, frightened. I, I didn't follow up on the rest of his, his schedule or if he made it to the show. I'm sure he was okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird moment. I had a similar moment with Iggy Pop and I had to go to his room and get him to, to come down for a limo. And what was, did, it, what it, was his and that's uh, when you uh, pseudonym? Discovered him dead in a bathtub. Yeah. Well, he answered the door shirtless, of course. Seriously. Seriously. Did he really? And his wife was there. Uh, holding a little dog, like a little chihuahua or something. And I was like, and he stays under Thurston Howell the third. Nope. Yes, he does. Or he did. So I had, I had to say, Mr. Howell, your limo's ready. Well, I don't know if it was a limo that time or, uh, like your team, your crew's downstairs waiting for you or something. And, uh, he ends up getting his stuff together. His wife was, was really cool. They had a dog and I, there was like an awkward moment where you're at the doorway and they're still like talking to you. He gave me 20 bucks and he said, we'll be down. And then he kind of closes the door on me. But, uh, 
Yeah, I had some weird random celebrity encounters at the hotel. That's pretty cool. He gave you 20 bucks. Yeah, I was going to say, so, <laughs> yeah. so if I'm staying at a good hotel and I'm running two hours late, people happen to be waiting on me yeah. to the point that an employee of the t- hotel has to come up and tell me about it. Mm-hmm. My, I'm obligated to pay that employee even though I did not ask that employee to come up to the room. because <laughs> I don't think it's obligation, but I think it's uh, it's like, hey, I know I'm pretty cool and famous. Here's 20 bucks, kid. Tell me a story <laughs> in the podcast one day. <laughs> right, yeah. That's how I felt with Iggy Pop. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so if you want to answer your, cele- you know, tell us your celebrity encounters, uh, hit us up on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You can tweet us at relevant podcast, or you can hit us up on our Facebook page and we will read our favorites next week. Two quick housekeeping notes. Uh, first, if you, um, uh, have been uh, waiting to get the uh, free watch offer from relevant, uh, when you subscribe, uh, at a certain, at a certain URL, you would you can get a free Hello Somebody Watch included with your subscription to Relevant. Uh, that deal is ending soon, so you uh, if you've been thinking about it, uh, you might want to go check that out. You can uh, see the details at relevantmagazine.com/slash/free-watch-offer. Also, uh, for those of you who uh, subscribe to Relevant on the iPad. I was on the iPad store this this last week, and I was looking, and it's like, we're doing well. We're doing well. We're in the top 10-ish in mm-hmm. entertainment, and uh, um, the, the iPad uh, is doing well. One of the things you can help us help our ranking in the store and all that and, and help more people discover us is if you review us. Um, uh, Apple has us as the what's hot featured on the newsstand in our category, but I'd love to get on the what's hot over the over the main newsstand. Mm, that would yeah. be really amazing. Yeah. One of the things you can do to help our little Apple algorithm is to review the uh, iPad. So if you've seen our iPad and you like it, only if you like it, uh, go over there to the uh, <laughs> iTunes store and, and post and post a review. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, quick note, also, next week, uh, Chad and I will both be in Israel and Palestine. That's right. um, uh, Roxanne Weeman's going with us, Don Miller, a couple others. Uh, we're heading over there, um, working on the January cover story. We're going to be doing a lot of videos, some different things. Uh, so there will not be a traditional podcast next week, but we do have a very fun surprise for you in its place. You're in for a treat. You're in for a treat. So it's not a normal <laughs> podcast. You're going to be like, why is this one only 20 minutes? Uh, it's worth downloading. Trust us. There's a reason. There's that We did something. So yeah, check out <laughs> next week's podcast, but it won't, it won't be normal. Now, if Chad and I make it back, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled broadcast the following week. Many thanks to Dermot Mulroney for talking to us. You can check out his new film, Trade of Innocence, uh, at tradeofinnocencethemovie.com. And thanks to Future Forestry as well. Their new album is out now. Find out more at futureofforestry.com. So on that note, wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Calvin Bonaducci. <laughs> I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you in two weeks. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com. It is all spammed up.
from Nigerian princes offering him money for his signature. 